welcome to stat. I'm telling you all medical true crime stories, and it gets bizarre. Karen Wickham, yeah, she used to work in the R, and now she's sharing the knowledge. So let's get involved. Hey, funny and scary at the same time. Medical mysteries, all facts. She ain't lying. <laughs> so tune in the stat if you dare, 'cause crazy things can happen anytime, anywhere. <laughs> yeah. Hello, 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 everybody out there in podcast land. Welcome to STAT, shocking traumas and treatments, coming to you from beautiful, actually not Toronto, coming to you from beautiful Oshawa, Ontario, Canada. And I am your host, Karen Wickham. So I haven't done a hardcore ER in a while because it's very difficult to discuss some of these cases. As you have known from listening to them, it's not always about the compound fracture and blood and guts. It's the things that break our hearts, the things that that get inside of us that we can't forget about. It's it's the human nature part of it. So I wanted to bring a friend of mine onto the show to be part of the Stat family. She uh, was a paramedic for 13 years and we sort of get each other because it's part of the whole 911 emergency room community where we experience some of the, the same stuff. They have to arrive on scene to see it and and, and deal with these terrible cases. And then we have to carry on once uh, they bring them to the emerge. And I think at times neither one of us get closure because they drop off and then we stabilize and then we let go of the patient. Anyway, I've gone on a little bit here and I want to introduce you to my friend, Erica. Erica, hi. Hey, how are you? I'm really excited to have you on the show. And I think uh, people are going to love you being a part of it. And why don't you tell them about yourself? Oh, awesome. Uh, well, thanks for having me. I was a paramedic uh, for about 13 years in and around York Region. I absolutely loved my job uh, up until recently, though. I had to leave, uh, unfortunately, because it was really hard on my body. So, um, but I'm here to tell you all about my experiences. Yeah. That, yeah. Uh, no, well, I mean, I know that you've had some incredible ones. I have the utmost respect for paramedics because you arrive on the scene in some of the worst I mean, you're you're going to share with us because you see the worst of it. We get sort of, quote unquote, the cleaned up version of it. But you go into those gross apartments. You go onto those scenes where you see lots of terrible things. And we know that. So by the time you get to us, I can't even imagine what you've seen out there. And you got to get them to us safe. As safe as we possibly can. Absolutely. It's... I mean, how often is your life put at risk being out there, being a paramedic? I don't think a lot of people think about that. They really don't. Uh, like every day, I would say, um, you know, people on the roads. One thing I want to stress to who's ever listening, pull over any emergency, any emergency vehicle, police, fire, ambulance, pull over. Uh, you know, it, it's so important because if just think of it. You know, if you see those lights coming up on you, that could be your family member one day. And, you know, you don't want to put somebody else's life at risk because you want that extra two seconds to be ahead of a car. And ambulance chasers, we had those a lot. They'll pull up right behind an ambulance, lights and sirens, and just so they can get further up, and you know, in a line of traffic. It's ridiculous. It's I was on an ambulance run once where I was looking out the back and there was an ambulance chaser and the driver that day just called the police and that was the most satisfying thing to see the cherries on the really cop is. and the whoop. Yep. So, I mean, you must love doing that. Oh, I love it so much. You have no idea. <laughs> Maybe a little too much. <laughs> so how dangerous would you say it is to drive, especially if you've got these uh, dorks that uh, don't get out of your way? Like how much stress are you feeling driving that, that big mother? 
Um, honestly, uh, in the beginning for the first couple months getting used to it, uh, it's, it's pretty stressful. It's, it's a pretty big vehicle and, uh, you know, people don't get out of your way, uh, ch- you know, changing lanes, everything's so scary. You don't have that rear view mirror to look through. So you're, you're depending on your side mirrors really. But then when you're going fast speeds, it is, it's, it is dangerous, but you honestly, it's like you put it out of your mind after a while because your your end goal is getting your patient to the hospital safely. It's not about so you just you know, like kind of lock in. Yeah, yeah, you really do. Yeah, yeah, You're just concentrated. It's amazing. Um, yeah. Again, I so respect what you guys do. Oh, I respect what you guys do. Like, you know, I think, and I think that's important. There is, I think, this mutual respect uh, between the ER and paramedics. Especially, I mean, I've been there where you guys, there's five, six ambulances backed up waiting in the hallways. And I can see you guys just want to get the hell out and help other people. But you stay there. And I've seen the kindness that you've shown the patients and continued on with the care when your job really is to get them there. But still, you're in the hallways, bored as hell. I can see that. Yeah. And you're not like pissed at us. And we're, we actually have to work together to continue to care for that patient. And you have to. Sometimes we just can't take them because we have no where to put them. Exactly. So there's that mutual respect of we understanding the the danger that you've been in and the, the skill level it takes to, to stabilize someone as best you can, whip them to the hospital and get them in in one piece. And we try to communicate as much as we can back to you how the, the patient, but then there's this whole, you know, it's uh what do you call it? Uh, uh, confidentiality. We're really not supposed to speak of it, but come on. How much of your heart goes into oh, getting that patient there? How much do you commit uh, yourself to, to like, it's beyond it. People don't understand, you know, we drop off. We don't know what happens to these patients after we've dropped off. So it's not like sometimes you go in and ask, but again, confidentiality, they, or they don't know, uh, you know, they've been moved from the ER, who knows where you don't, you don't know 90% of the time you don't find out what happened. And also there's the patients that die before you get there. And that's, I, I had this one patient actually that, um, he was, uh, on a motorcycle and he was actually, uh, he tried to make it in front of a bus and he Man. didn't, uh, he was hit by the bus. And when we arrived, um, he was laying down. He looked to be fully intact, no blood, uh, was still wearing his helmet. Closer inspection, uh, we realized his helmet was fully cracked. He, there was no chance of, without getting into crazy, gory detail, there was a little bit of gray matter on the road. So we knew if we took his helmet off, he would pretty much die instantly. All he wanted us to do was hold his hand. There was We knew that there was nothing that we could do. And he just wanted us to keep saying to him, you know, you're going to make it. You're going to make it. I think he knew deep down he wasn't. And uh, I, that that call, I think, was my most um, traumatic call. And I don't know why. It wasn't even like it was the worst one. It was just he wanted to live so badly. And there was nothing that we could do. Like, no matter what, we could have got him to the hospital in five minutes, but there was nothing that anybody could have done. And he, and he died right there. And it's heartbreaking because basically what we do is we're there until a coroner gets there and then we leave and we go to our next call and there's no, it's almost like there's no time to grieve anything. There's no time to, you know, I just held a person's hand as they took their last breath. There's no, they there's not you can't process it or you debrief, can't. right? Yeah, you can't. And you know, you have this partner who 
hopefully you like them because I know I had... Oh, man. Yeah, there's people that you don't want to work with. They are... You're like, oh, really? I want to have to work with them? But I think that's like anything. Oh. But I mean, if I'm working an evening or a night or whatever with a person, I generally only have to work that shift or a shift here and there. You're stuck with them. Oh, yeah. In we, a car. Yeah. I mean, a, a, no. an you know what I mean? Like you're stuck with them in a vehicle. and A carbulence. A car- <laughs> Those are the smallest ones that you get like as a dinky they're toys to play tiny. with. They're very little tiny. Yeah. They're for like. Fisher Price. Maybe oh, Fisher Price. I was going to go somewhere, but I'm going to drop it. Damn it. <laughs> See, part of what we do to cope with this stuff is we laugh a lot. Um, and uh, so people think, you know, well, it's a dark sense of humor, that kind of thing. I-, I think it is in a sense. But honestly, this is the kind of thing. If you don't laugh. You're going to cry. But we're not laughing at the tragedy. No. We're almost laughing at the, is it, it's not even the ridiculous of it. It's just like, what the fuck? Yeah. Yeah. What like, the what? fuck? It's, did I, did this just happen? Did I just see this in your, your so if we're watching a movie and it's a horror movie, we're like, ah, oh my God, that's so gross. I can pause it. I can turn it off. Oh my God. Ah. You can't pause this. You, you can't. can't. No. And that's, you know, not real. Yeah. But I know I've seen stuff that's so bad that I've gone, oh my God. And then I've had to click yeah. and go almost tell myself that it's, it's not, not real. real. Yeah. But it's real. And it's like almost like, do you feel like it's almost like a simulation in a sense, but you know the simulation, you cannot fail. Oh, yeah, you can't. Like, like you're you, just it's like, not a choice. this is the most important thing that in your life in this moment. And so if you can't dissociate away from that. Yeah. It's it's crazy what the brain can do, right? Because yeah. your heart is still 100% in it. Your skill level is still there. Yet you kind of have to make it not real or focus on a body part. You do because it will or whatever at, your 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 job is yeah. at that moment that you have to stabilize. You have to look at it piecemeal, right? Well, you get these funny cases. I'm sure you've had a ton working in the ER. Well, yeah, <laughs> you the know? suture room, and oh. we're gonna. Oh, that's another thing. There are gonna be a bunch of new suture rooms. We're gonna have to change the name for Erica because she's got some great, great funny stories. One good funny story. It, it, I mean, it wasn't funny in the beginning, but it turned out to be pretty funny. That's um, often the way because even though we're like. Oh, no. Yeah. And then you're like, oh, okay. <laughs> All right, it, tell it. I want to hear so this. It's so good. So it involves drugs. Um, we had... Uh, <laughs> Wait we had, a way. That's a, that's a great start It's a great right story. There. Drugs. Uh, it, I mean, drugs? Come on. Yeah. <laughs> what can't they lead to? <laughs> yeah. So we had uh, a patient who had called. Uh, he wanted... So th- the basis of the story was he wanted to have purple eyes. He wanted to have purple eyes, and he decided... Purple. Okay. What do you? Okay. So, so the whites of your eyes. He wanted them purple. Lord. All right. Yeah, it gets better. So he decided Welsh's grape juice. Oh no. Is really deep purple. So he thought by injecting <laughs> the grape juice into his eyes that he was going to get a beautiful purple hue. Now it didn't turn out that way. Oh obviously. my god. Um, he ended up stealing uh, one of his parents. Uh, diabetic syringes so the little tiny, yeah the tiny little gauge baby gauge so he did this himself he, he did it himself think of that how are you forgetting eye drops oh god i well you know what actually i'm okay but you're not happy about it i don't want it it's just like you're you're i don't know like it's just like i saw this meme of these two eyeballs touching and that grossed me <laughs> out enough yeah <laughs> I that's that. i did yeah i'll show it to you i have it okay um but can you imagine just like Watching a needle coming towards your eye, 
And it's you. And, and you're doing it to yourself. Like, you have to. So, funny part is, he kind of, you know, wasn't so high after that. There was a lot of pressure build up behind, like, in his eyes. Jesus Christ. And uh, he he ended up, la- like, we all laughed about it. We were like, dude, what were you thinking? He's like, I'm never doing drugs again. So even he was laughing at it. Like, Oh, he, he was, yeah, we would never. So he was so high that he did he it. He was so high he did it. And he waited after he did it. He thought he could, like, splash water on his eyes. He thought he could do a bunch of things to get rid of it before he called. So he was sitting like that for an hour before we came. So this, like, the interocular pressure is building and yes. building. Uh, uh, he, it was, yeah, he was in was a lot of pain. Was he able to see it at that point? Um, he was. Uh, his vision was slightly blurry. But the pain, it was it was more burning, sorry, than pain. I can't even imagine. No, it was... Okay, everybody that's listening, I want you to do this. <laughs> I can't wait to hear this. Go. Take your thumbs and press them into your eyeball. Just gently. I don't want anybody to get wait, hurt. Wait, I'm doing this. All right, push it and just push it a bit. Yeah, it hurts. How fucked up does... No. It hurts so I much. Can't. I can't. And your eye goes like that squeak. <laughs> Stop. They're going to... Uh, I'm going to be like... You know, that's going to be really loud. That... Like cotton ball rubbed together. Anyway, guys, this is Erica. Erica is now part of STAT. You're going to hear a bunch of hardcore ERs and suture rooms, but we're going to change the name. I'm not sure yet. Actually, hey, why don't we turn this into a contest? Yes. And whoever wins will get a STAT t-shirt or a mug. You, you can choose. And help us name the paramedic segment of hardcore ER that's equal to suit your room so see what you can come up with also we are working on cases together so erica is going to be covering some good and juicy um serial killer doctors nurses just carry on with the tradition of stat and and we'll do some together we'll do some separately and this is how it's going to be so welcome thank you so much i'm so excited i'm excited too She's like my little sister. I know. You're like my little sister, too. <laughs> <laughs> Only because I'm shorter. You're a lot shorter. Okay. Anyway, thank you for joining us here today. This is exciting. And remember to remember to take care of yourselves. Take care of one another. Stay kind, rewind. <laughs> Don't forget to spay and neuter. Your pets. Don't eat yellow snow. Pet your dog, not your date. <laughs> and most importantly, love yourself. Peace. Peace. One love. One love.